You're listening to Fit Girl, Your Guide to Getting in Shape. This is podcast episode number 219. In this episode, what to do with your Halloween candy, training myths that keep you from your best body, and holiday motivation. I'm Kira Langolf, your host and guide to getting in shape. As a professional fitness trainer, it's my job to get clients in shape quickly and keep them healthy. In this podcast, I'll reveal to you the shape-up secrets I use along with training, nutrition, and motivational tips and advice. I'll set you straight on what works and what is a waste of time, and I'll be your guide to your best body ever. Check out my websites at fitnessmakeover.com and coachkira.com. Well, I hope everybody survived Halloween and certainly made some good choices. It definitely gave you a lot of information about what you can make for your better bad choices. And it's not to say that everything is bad. It's just that sometimes it doesn't work into a nutrition program like we would want it to. But you have to be able to enjoy yourself and have a little treat now and then and not have it ruin everything else. So it's just having a little bit and the right things, kind of like your workouts. It's doing the right exercises the right way. Same thing with your nutrition. You can have some little bad things here and there as long as you just pick the right ones and do it at the right time. Now, the new workouts are up for November at the Quick Fit Club, and I gotta tell you, I wasn't as thrilled with the way these came out just because we were testing different cameras and different microphones and all sorts of different things, and something seemed, to me at least, to be wrong with a little bit of each one. So anyways, there's only so many times we could redo it before November 1st, so anyways, I apologize for that, but um, we should be able to narrow down which one's gonna work the best, and I think we already have, but Unfortunately, those workouts um, were the the test guinea pigs or whatever. But anyways, uh, you'll get a great workout anyway. The workouts themselves are great. They're designed for your holiday time so that it'll be very short. And basically, you can do a little bit or a lot depending on what you want. So I've kind of segmented each workout. So if you get short on time, maybe you do the first five or ten minutes or you do the middle or you do the first and second five or ten minutes so anyways you get the idea you can go anywhere from five to ten minutes to the full workouts which are usually 35 maybe 40 minutes at the most I think most of them are in the 30 minute range because I know at holiday time which is let's face it it's now I mean it Halloween ends and we're already talking about Christmas and they've got Thanksgiving stuff out well they had that out before Halloween but anyways you get the idea. It's a skip and a jump to the new year. So keeping everything on track right now is going to be as important, if not ever before, because those holidays get really hectic and keeping on some sort of a schedule is going to definitely keep you where you want to be. Now, we're going to talk more about that when we get into motivation uh, part of this podcast. So I'm not going to jump into that quite yet because I want to talk about some nutrition and some training too. So let's kick it off with nutrition. Now, you know, you have some choices that you can make as far as candies that you can enjoy and still either be on your program or not worrying about gaining a whole lot of weight. Um, And again, 
as we get through your workouts and you keep building that muscle, even though it's just tighter and you're smaller, your metabolism can actually handle some of those treats and not go completely haywire. So with your Halloween candy, if you still have some and you're too tempted or you don't know what to do with it, then I have some ideas that you can do to get rid of the candy without just throwing it away and being wasteful because, you know, we never like to do that. Um, the first one is to donate it. There's a lot of places that will actually donate the candy for you to different food pantries, to the troops, to different organizations that can put it to good use. So there's always a great benefit in kind of donating no matter what you do. Now, you can also, and actually I'll put some links in the show notes, which is at fitgirlguide.blogspot.com, so that if you need to check out some of those, you can click on that. But, you know, you, most local areas have something going on, so look into it. Um, you can also sell it to dentists. Now, a lot of times the dentists have what they call a buyback program. The kids bring in X amount of uh, candy, or maybe they do it by the weight or the bag or whatever, and they give them credits towards either um, toothbrush, stuff like that. Um, I know at my daughter's dentist, they have little coins and they have like a machine where you can get prizes out of, out of there, and that's what they do. So taking it to a local dentist, especially a pediatric dentist, is a great way to go because um, at least with ours, what they end up doing is donating it. They actually end up donating it to the troops and it, it all works out really well because everybody gets a nice benefit all the way around. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to take all of the candy, especially if you, know, if you have children, but you can certainly kind of make them pick and choose as far as a limitation of what they can keep because let's face it, otherwise we're going to have candy until next summer. So if you try to weed it down, um, then it makes life a lot easier. And then they get to have some candy and then they get to get, get some other things too. Now, you don't necessarily have to tell them or take them to the dentist. You could say, you know what, um, take this amount of candy and this other stuff we're going to donate. And for doing that, you could take them out and give them a treat, um, give them maybe a, a, a gift card for the, the dollar store or you know, any one of the play stores there where they have toys and stuff, or I don't know. Anyways, you get the idea. Um, there's always something to do with it. Now, of course, if you're a grown up and you're stuck with all the candy that you bought to hand out to kids, then of course, these things apply as well. Um, some people actually will take it to work and leave it there for everybody else to eat. Now, that is not one of my official um, recommendations because then it's still there and you might still be tempted by it. Now, I found this online. I thought it was kind of interesting. You could actually create art. Now, recently, we're, my daughter is really into doing all these do-it-yourself, um, changing everyday things into something that you can use more often. So I thought this was a great thing to do, too, making mosaics out of the hard candy. And then I'm sure you can shellac it somehow so that you don't have the ants all coming and eating your nice new sculpture. But um, some people will also use them to make uh, jewelry, like necklaces and bracelets. I mean, you'd be surprised what you can find online, um, especially on YouTube, for tutorials for do-it-yourself things. And with the different types of strings and bindings and glue that really keeps everything together, there's a lot of different things that can be made. Um, something else along those lines is, you know, you make those gingerbread houses. Well, you can make something out of candy. Could be a playhouse for the Barbies or something. I mean, there's a lot of different things that can be done. Of course, the key being to somehow seal it so that you don't draw any bugs. 
Um, the next thing would be you could save it for Christmas. And the neat thing about this is you can actually use it in your baking. So if you take some of the chocolate, maybe you get the Hershey Kisses or something, you, you take and freeze it, right? It's going to stay frozen for, what, a month? And then when you need to bake, you've got all of that right there. So things like cookies, you can kind of grind up some of the different candy bars and throw that in the cookie mix. Or if you're making um, even cupcakes or make it for the toppings on a cupcake or toppings on a cake, or there's a million different things you can do with it. And that's great if you love to bake and give things as gifts, because not only are you saving money because you already have the candy, but you're making a special treat because it's not from a regular recipe and it's from you. And of course, maybe you get to sample one or two of those candy bars a month from now, but you're not going to be tempted to eat the whole thing because you're using it in your recipe. And by the way, when it's frozen, it's not quite as good as when they're just cold. I know some people really like the Reese's Cups cold, but when they're frozen, you almost break your teeth on them. So, you know, that'll prevent you from thinking that, you know, oh, I'll just sneak one from the freezer. Okay, so no worries there. Now, another option is to make it nutritious. Well, it's not completely nutritious, but it's a better bad choice. So let's say it's a birthday party and there's a cake and you maybe want to have some, but instead you've still got that Halloween candy. You say, you know what, I'll have three pieces of whichever one equals, you know, maybe 50 calories each. Um, and that'll give me about 150 to 200 calories of a dessert or a snack. And that's something not only that you can judge what the calorie count is, if you are counting calories, but you also know that it's just a, a specific amount and you enjoy that amount. So that way you're not missing out on the cake or the cookies or, you know, any dessert that somebody might be having. Or maybe even if you go out to dinner, you can say, you know, in the back of your head, I don't need to order dessert here. I can have X amount of pieces of different candy when I get home. And then it's just a nice treat, but you're not blowing everything because you are still in control of your choices. Now, it, you can also add some of the candies to different mixes like trail mix and pretzels and just dried fruit cereal, stuff like that for the kids' snacks, not adding a lot of it, of course, but just, you know, maybe crumbling it up and throwing some of it in there. So again, another way to take a snack that maybe the kids wouldn't be too thrilled with. Of course, you add a little bit of the candy, like M&Ms into Trail Mix always works, and they're all over it. So that's another way to take that candy that might normally be a little bad for you and make it seem good. My hopes are that between the last several podcasts that you realize that, you know what, it's okay to have some candy. Don't be afraid of the Halloween candy. Don't be worried about blowing anything or eating too much of it. Just set aside maybe some for yourself that you can have each week, and then it's not so bad. You, you know it's there. You know it's not going to do major damage, and you can still enjoy it. And of course, all those other ways to make use of the candy are really great ideas for you to start incorporating every year. And maybe it becomes a game that, you know, with the kids, you say, hey, you know, if you have any M&Ms, don't eat them. We're going to make a trail mix out of them. Um, if you have any solid chocolate bars, let's save them because we're going to make cookies out of them with uh, real chocolate bars in the cookies um, come Christmas time. So all of these can actually become new traditions that also keep you healthy and lean at the same time.
Now, in training, it still always surprises me how many myths are still out there. And we've gone through several of them in the last couple podcasts and in even previous ones. So, believe it or not, there's even more that we could continue on. But we're going to do a few more this podcast, and then we'll see what we're going to do for next time. Now, this myth, you see it in the gyms all the time. Cardio is the best way to burn fat. And that's not true. It burns calories and might burn more calories than maybe a resistance training workout, depending on the type of workout you do. Because I tell you what, if you're lifting very challenging weights and you're not taking much rest time, you're going to burn a ton of calories. But you know what? You're going to actually burn more fat overall with your weightlifting. And the reason why I say it, you see this in the gym all the time, because how many times you go to the gym and you see the same people on cardio the whole time? Sure, maybe they jump off and do a half-ass machine for two repetitions, maybe two or three machines, but that's it. They really put no effort into the weight training. They're just focused on the cardio, cardio, cardio. And that's probably why they stay looking the same year after year after year. Now, it's fine if you want to maintain something and you're going to have a little bit of the weight training, some stretching, the cardio, and you just want to maintain what you have. But if you're really trying to lose weight and make it permanent weight loss, that weight training has got to be in there. Cardio alone is not going to do it. Now, there's actually a study, and you know how I like to reference studies because it gives you some more concrete evidence here that I'm telling you what you should do. Um, The Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, which is pretty highly regarded in the the training realm, conducted a study where they had women complete uh, a one-hour-long strength training workout. And they found that the ones that did the weight training burned an average of 100 more calories in the 24 hours after than those who only did cardio. And again, the more muscle that they obtained, the more fat they burned. Now, remember, muscle takes up less space than fat. So when you have more muscle, you're actually smaller. And of course, that gets into another myth that always comes up. But don't worry about that. Just focus on getting weights that are challenging for you. So, you know, when we say heavy weights, we don't mean something that's impossible. We just mean something that is challenging, not something that you can do for 20, 30, 40 repetitions. So the point of challenging those muscles to get a little muscle is what's going to keep that fat furnace burning. The next myth is one that you might think is true to begin with. It's that cables and resistance bands are the best things, even better than weights, for getting tone. Well, that's not true. They're great for getting tone, but they're not better than weights. Um, Basically, you just need resistance. So one is not going to be better than the other. But the thing is that you do need to mix it up. And each one has their own benefits. Um, and the definitely different types of exercises and the variety and, you know, there's always to cross train. Now, somewhere along the line, it came out that people started saying, well, cables and resistance is better than weights. I think it kind of goes back to the old um, mistake or myth that weight training makes you big and bulky and then, oh, the cables and the bands won't. But it doesn't make a difference. Um, you're not going to get bulky from either way by accident, just like you're not going to get toned by accident. You actually have a specific plan of what to do to reach your result. 
So although cables and resistance bands have their place, they certainly don't replace your free weights, but they are definitely a nice additive on certain exercises or just working them in through your rotation so that you're not bored or so that you give your muscles a little bit of training in different angles and different dynamics that you would get with the resistance. But ultimately, resistance is resistance, and no matter which way you use, you'll eventually get that tone look if you're doing the right exercises the right way. Now I know by now you know that you cannot spot reduce and you hopefully know what that means. You can't dictate where the fat's gonna come from your body. So that's why it only makes sense that this particular sentence is a myth that lunges burn fat from your hips and your butt. Well, I've heard people say a lot of times, well, I'd be better looking in my hips and my butt. I'd lose more fat if I could do lunges, but I can't, blah, blah. Or the more lunges I do, the more I'll burn fat in my butt. And it's not true. Just like sit-ups, you could do a thousand of them a day. And you know what? You're not going to melt fat from that area. It's your overall body that is going to get the benefit. You're going to lose fat from where you have the least amount first. And unfortunately for most people, it's going to be the great where you have the greatest amount of fat is where it comes off last. And that's why it's important to go ahead and train the whole body, not just focus on the legs, but train the whole body and make sure you're getting that little added muscle all through the whole body so that your metabolism is increased. And that's going to make the major difference in your fat burning. Now, a little aside here, when people say they have problems with lunges, a lot of times it's their form that is not right. They're doing one little thing wrong, especially if they say it hurts their knees. You should be able to do a lunge, at least a stationary lunge, without hurting your knees. And what most people do incorrectly is they kind of lunge forward. And it's really not a lunge forward. It's a step, and then it's a straight down and up. Now, one person may be able to have a deeper or longer lunge, but somebody who has um, knee issues or any type of problems and stability should at least be able to do what I call a curtsy. You know, it's like a curtsy. You step your foot out, you bend it just a little bit, and you push back. So work on that or get someone to work with you if you happen to have issues and you think that you can't do a lunge because of your knees. And that same thing goes for a squat because you know what? Again, when you learn to push through the heels and lift your body upward using your glutes, that's going to burn more calories, which ultimately will help you lose more fat. It's gonna tone those muscles underneath because yes, lunges and squats are great for toning. And you know what? That is certainly the look that you want. So being able to do lunges and squats would be very important in any weight loss, fitness, whatever program. So again, if you need help with them, get a trainer at least just to review those with you because a lot of times it's very simple mistakes. Um, and then definitely you can be on your way to doing them. Now, the only time I've had a client that could not do squats, I mean, he could still do them, but they just really, really hurt was when um, he has no cartilage in his knee. So if you have no cartilage in your knee, you might have some issues there and you might have to work around that. But to be honest with you, a lot of times it's stretching because some of the muscles are tight around the knee and learning the proper form. Okay, so if you still need help after um, seeing someone about it and practicing, then send me an email because believe it or not, I've actually been able to explain to some people what they're doing by what they've explained to me. And you know what, now as, as we're getting into the chats and I'm hoping to get into the video chats too, um, you'll be able to show me online at the Quick Fit Club 
on our weekly chats and I can say, oh, that's what you're doing wrong or, oh, that's what you need to do or, you know, maybe you need to do this or that instead. So anyways, it's all about trying to get everyone to do the right things so that they can benefit from the exercises, at least in some way or form. Now on that note, there's a similar myth that has to do with leg extensions. Now a lot of times the myth is actually that leg extensions are bad for your knees. Um, it can also be that they're safer for your knees than squats. And that's not necessarily true. Of course, it could be for different people. Of course, major injuries, surgeries, things like that would be something that you would maybe put in your head, you might not be able to do a squat or whatever. Um, but anything else, just discomfort is probably going to be, again, the form and just the strengthening of some of the stabilizer muscles. So when you hear that, just don't believe it because you know what? Cotton swabs can be dangerous too if you push them too far in your ears. So <laughs> you just have to know what you're doing. Now, there was another study, this was this time in the Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise Journal, that found that what they call open chain exercises, and these are ones where a single joint is activated, like the leg extension, are much more potentially dangerous than closed chain. Closed chain means you have multiple joints that are working, like the squats and the leg press. Now, if you think you have an issue with squats and with lunges, a leg press is a good way to go because the higher you put your feet, the easier it is on your knees. And you definitely can control the weight and you don't have to worry about your stability or your balance. Now, it's not something you're going to be doing the rest of your life because you still need to learn to squat properly because squatting is sitting in a chair, basically. So, I mean, you still have to use that every day in life. Now let me go ahead and give you some of the details of what they found in that particular study. They actually found that those leg extensions can activate your quadriceps slightly independently of each other because most people will do a leg extension with two legs at a time. And they actually found that that about five millisecond difference, even though it sounds so negligible, it actually causes uneven compression between your kneecap or your patella and your thigh bone. And that can be very dangerous. So you certainly could do one-legged leg extensions. Um, you can certainly do a whole bunch of things. Um, one thing that is very beneficial for knee stability is to do just maybe the first, the top 10% um, range of motion. So just taking it up to the top, lowering it just a little bit, and then back up, and just really targeting those stability muscles on either side of the knee. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, that the instability or the imbalance, I should say, between the quadriceps and the hamstrings causes a lot of problems for people in their knees and in their hips. And this is true, that the knee joint is actually controlled by both your quadriceps and your hamstrings. And balanced muscle activity is actually going to help keep that knee joint, or that, I'm sorry, that kneecap, your patella, in place. And it's definitely more easily obtained in closed chain exercises like the multiple joint ones we were talking about. So that basically tells you that, you know what, it's, it's, everything's okay for a little bit, but if you're gonna really focus on one thing, then focus on those multi-joint exercises, not only for the balance in your body, but also for your fat burning, because those are the ones that burn the most calories and work more of the body and make a bigger impact. So it's not to say that never do the leg extension, but you know, don't do it only thinking that you can't do the other things. Okay, again, that's where really good instruction comes in handy. 
And to be honest with you, most people are so frontal oriented, you know, they're usually walking forward, um, stepping forward rather than backwards that, you know what, if unless you train your hamstrings specifically, they will be weak and you will suffer from that muscle imbalance between the hamstrings and the quadriceps, which can lead to not only knee issues, but also lower back issues and um, spinal issues and a, a whole other slew of problems. So it's very important to really prioritize your hamstring training. Now, to let you know, in the Quick Fit Club workouts, they are still free, so go sign up and get them. Um, we do focus on hamstrings. Now, I realize that these workouts are done for training at home, and it can be much more of a challenge to work your hamstrings at home, but um, we've got some great ways to do that with the stability ball and with the resistance band. But if you go to the gym, or maybe you go to a gym on a, on a different day from the workouts, definitely hit that leg curl machine and make sure that pad goes all the way up to your butt. If you can't get your heels to your butt, then you have too much weight on that. It's simple. It doesn't do you any good to do a half range of motion. You've got to be able to get that all the way up to your butt. And don't sit there and tell me that, well, my machine is different. I've used millions of different types. Okay, not millions, but maybe, you know, five or six different types of leg curls in my history. And you know what? It all works the same. Now, I will understand that the last few repetitions, you might not be touching your butt, and you certainly don't want to throw it up there, have it touch the butt, and then come back to your leg. That kind of defeats the purpose. But the control point is all the way up, and all the way up definitely is with the pad touching your butt, okay? So that's your main focus if you're in the gym. And if you have a gym membership and you go there every once in a while, definitely hit those every time. Now... Remember, when you're squatting, you need to keep your back straight. Not straight up and down, but straight by pinching your shoulder blades back. You actually hinge at your hips and you stick your butt out. And it may not be pretty to do an exercise type squat, but you know what? Too bad. It's good for you. It's going to work your entire body. Now, if you're not sure how to do it, um, get on over to the fitness library and that way you can see. And I'll put the... Uh, link to that in the show notes, which is at fitgirlguide.blogspot.com. And you can also get to the exercise library from the fitnessmakeover.com site too. So you know what you need to do now. Most, uh, most likely you got to get that leg curl going. And again, if you don't go to the gym, there's just two fabulous exercises that are in this month's workouts, um, specifically for the ball and for the resistance band that will just really fry out those hamstrings and get them strong. And you want nice, strong, shapely hamstrings because you know what? It looks real pretty on the backside and it's a large muscle, so you're burning more calories. I mean, what's not to like about that? Now, finally, on to our section in motivation. So what motivates you during the holidays? Or are you one of those people that just say, you know what, I'll just go once a week and I'll deal with it in the new year. Believe me, there's a lot of people that do that. They, some people just blow it off altogether. Um, or are you somebody that says, I'm going to just bump up my cardio and just focus on that and not worry about the weights and start next year? Well, neither one of those are good solutions. Um, I know myself when I was in college, I was a cardio queen and yes, I lifted weights, but I always put the cardio as the higher priority, especially when I was on, um, a break from school. So 
it didn't help. It really didn't help at all because you know what? The, the weight just stayed about the same or went up a little bit or whatever. It's certainly not like it is now. Now I've really prioritized the weight training in the last bunch of years. Well, many, many, many years. But anyways, you get the idea. Um, and it's that that keeps the weight down, even though I eat things that I know I shouldn't. And maybe I did have some of those pumpkin Reese's before I did this podcast, but who's telling anybody? Anyhow, um, it, it makes all the difference in the world because believe me, if you saw what I eat, I'm not always the perfect example of what I preach, even though um, I do make the best effort to do the right type of meals at the right times and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I'm at the point where I can eat what I want drink too, not go nuts, but stay the same and, and not do cardio. And I know that sounds impossible to believe. And I would have never believed it either. If it wasn't, you know, if I didn't happen to me, I would have never believed anybody. But it's true, you know, that that resistance training, especially when you're really pushing it, makes all the difference in the world, the added muscle, all the difference in the world. And you know, you might see from the videos, I've got I'm leaner on the upper body, but I'm not necessarily big. So you're not looking for that. I'm not looking for that. You just want to get that metabolism so that you can, well, have your cake and eat it too, really. Now, one of the things that hopefully the Quick Fit Club is going to do is going to help motivate you to stick on your program through the end of the year because, you know, the videos are there. You're only going to do them for four weeks. Now, let's Keep in mind that October actually had five weeks to it. So if you got a little tired with one of the workouts, you had an extra week and I don't blame you, but you know what? That's okay. This is back to the regular four month and four uh, times on the same program is actually or same workout is actually a very good cycle. It gives you that chance to get into the workout, to know the exercises. By the second week, you're familiar with the exercises. Um, by the third week, you're stronger. And by the fourth week, you're even stronger. And that strength translates into metabolism. So that's why it's the four-week process. So what I want you to do is, you know, give me some feedback. I'm looking to get uh, the online chats going this month. So check your email. If you've signed up uh, for any one of my emails, then you'll be getting some notice. And I want to get some feedback from everyone, not only on the Quick Fit Club and the podcast and anything else, um, but also what are you planning to do for your, well, I guess your holiday workout plan? You know, are you going to just cut it down a little bit? Um, be realistic. Like I know when I went on vacation, I said, you know, I'm not going to be able to work out when I want. So I did half the body one day, half the body the next. But I actually split it up so that if I missed a day, it wasn't a big deal. You know, so it, it was kind of a, a mix of upper body, lower body. So either way, I was getting a good workout and staying on track. And that's what you might need to do for your motivation to say, you know what, I only have to go in there and do 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but it's going to keep me on track. So maybe setting some goals that are for getting in consistently to your workouts rather than trying to go all or nothing, because that always messes us up. And it's the same thing with nutrition. What are your goals for this year, this season, this holiday season for your nutrition? Are you going to just bag it, eat whatever you see? Are you going to just pick, pick and choose and say, okay, this week is this party and this party and that party. I'm only going to have alcohol at this one. I'm only going to have a couple of sweets at that one. And I'm going to go hog wild on this one. You know, how are you going to balance it all out? because it goes quickly and then January hits and then it really seems like January goes fa the fastest month ever. And then all of a sudden it's February and then boom, you're starting to think about summertime. 
So really, working on your plan right now, when you've got maybe that extra week or two before things get really crazy, is the way to go. So write yourself down some goals and then share them with me, either through the uh, Facebook page, you can message them to me or email them or on the chats, some way to make yourself accountable. So that way you'll stick to those goals and be all the much better ahead when you get to January. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.